Thank you for that kind introduction, Monsignor Hoy. When Dan called my office back in the gloomy days of a Wisconsin winter to ask if I would accept this role of law award, it took me a while to comprehend what he was saying. It is not false modesty to say that I truly feel overwhelmed by this honor from the Board of Governors. I accept this award in the spirit embodied by the famous phrase, we have all drunk from wells we did not dig and warmed ourselves by fires we did not build. I stand before you this evening so very conscious of those who have formed me as a canonist and more importantly, as a person dedicated to the mission of the church. I was blessed to have been educated by some of the finest canonists in the church. Some have become treasured colleagues and dare I say fond friends. I have been mentored by so many of you who have generously shared your wisdom over the years. I have been blessed to be part of the canonical formation of some of you and I could not be prouder of the fine canvas into which you have evolved, perhaps despite my teaching. I delight in seeing a few of you whom I'm encouraged to move into canon law, making your mark on our profession and moving forward as the next generation of leaders. Thinking about how I should focus my reflections this evening, I pondered about what an interesting road most of us have traveled in our ministry as canonists. Many of us are called upon today to take up tasks I'm sure we never would have dreamt would be part of our lives as canonists. In my own experience, that road took a very unexpected turn in late December 2002. Returning home from visiting my family for Christmas, I received a call asking me to come to Archbishop Dolan's office of course, my first thought was, uh-oh, what's happened now? It wasn't that. The Archbishop, after a whirlwind four months as our Archbishop, recognized that there were so many threads that needed to be managed in the tapestry that was making up our response to the clergy abuse crisis. He asked me to assist him by overseeing our response to the clergy sexual abuse crisis. Along the lines of fools rushing in, I accepted. Within a month, we began to work on developing a way that victim survivors of abuse could approach the church if they sought some form of reconciliation and restitution. Out of this planning, a formal mediation system developed. The Archbishop was actively involved and engaged by the process and I represented him at the formal sessions. Almost 150 mediations later, I am reminded of a song by one of my favorite groups, Leahy. It's called Down That Road. Let me share just one part of it. Don't worry, I'm just going to read the lyrics, not try to sing them. Oh, when you go down that road, there's no turning back. And when you go down that road, it's plain to see there's nowhere else I'd rather go than down that road. I've been down a road I never imagined, but I do not look back with an ounce of regret. There was nothing in my formal training that prepared me to walk down that road toward what we hope are healing encounters. And what do we recognize when we are on that road? 
we recognize just how wounded we are as a church as a result of this crisis. I dare say there is not a person in this room who does not walk with the wounds. The wounds of one's own possible abuse or that of a family member. The wound to one's own personal identity for good and holy priest. Possibly the wound of having been part of a system where silence was the preferred atmosphere. The wound of knowing friends and colleagues whose actions render them unsuitable for ministry. The wound on the whole face of the church, unceasingly put up for ridicule and disdain. That is what we are. We are a wounded church. But you know what? That is what we have always been. The current crisis and scandal simply brings that reality home more starkly. Because we believe that the church is the body of Christ, we must also believe that we bear the wounds of his body. When Christ is present to the disciples in the post-resurrection accounts of the Gospels, he is there with his wounds. Like Thomas, we today are invited to touch the wounds. We don't know from the gospel account if he ever did touch them. We need to touch them. We need to touch them if we are to embrace the Paschal mystery. As canonists, we must be dedicated to justice. As a wounded church, we also need to be dedicated to reconciliation. I remember clearly Father Bob Kennedy saying that justice is the first degree of love. We can't stop there with simply providing what is one's due. As Pope Benedict powerfully stated in his encyclical Deus Caritas Est, in Jesus Christ, it is God himself who goes in search of the stray sheep, a suffering and lost humanity. When Jesus speaks in his parables of the shepherd who goes after the lost sheep, of the woman who looks for the lost coin, of the father who goes to meet and embrace his prodigal son. These are no mere words. They constitute an explanation of his very being and activity. His death on the cross is the culmination of that turning of God against himself in which he gives himself in order to raise up and save humanity. This is love in its most radical form. By contemplating the pierced side of Christ, we can understand the starting point of this encyclical letter, God is Love. It is there that this truth can be contemplated. It is from there that our definition of love must begin. In this contemplation, the Christian discovers the path along which one's life and love must move. Let me share a story that was recently told to me. A bishop, not my own, but I could see him doing this, had just completed a meeting with a survivor of clergy sexual abuse. It had been a conversation woven with pain. As they stood to leave, the man spontaneously embraced the bishop. Then he pointed to the pectoral cross and said, I'd like to have that. The bishop replied that he had gotten it in Rome and that he would look for one like it the next time he was there, and he would give it to the man. But the man said, no, I'd like that one. 
The bishop simply took the cross and placed it around the man's neck. The man replied, now that's the second time today we have shared the same cross. That was a moment of reconciliation around the wounded body of Christ. Isn't that what we need to be doing today? Trying to build roads of reconciliation. This does not mean we abandon our role as men and women dedicated to justice. As stated in the most recent learning lecture, the call to reconciliation in no way obviates the struggle for justice, but we, we must situate justice within the framework of God's gratuitous love. The disciples remain paralyzed by fear until the crucified and risen Christ confronted them with his wounds, demanding that they acknowledge the wounds, yet offering pardon and reconciliation. As I have been privileged to walk down this road of potential reconciliation with so many survivors, I have seen the pain, I have heard the shouts of outrage, I have felt just a shadow of the burden they bore in silence. But I have also been privileged to hear countless times the burning desire to be reconnected. After one quite lengthy mediation session, a man embraced me and thanked me and then asked rather shyly, where would I go to buy a rosary? I think I need something tangible to say I'm reconnecting. Fortunately, being Irish and never knowing when you might be called to awake, I was able to reach in my handbag and give him a rosary. To such a simple act, a mere gesture, some would say, take away his wounds or play a major role in his journey of recovery? Certainly not, but I do hope it symbolizes our church's efforts to continue as companions on that journey. In the tradition of Lex Orande, Lex Credendi, let me conclude with this reminder from our liturgical prayer. Your spirit changes our hearts. Enemies begin to speak to one another. Those who were estranged join hands in friendship. Your spirit is at work when understanding puts an end to strife, when hatred is quenched by mercy and vengeance gives way to forgiveness. For this, we should never cease to thank and praise you. Again, let me say how honored I am to receive this award. Thank you.